Filthy Henry, the Fairy Detective, Chapter 5. Filthy Henry came out onto Middle Abbey Street, pulling the front door closed behind him. He spotted the woman just as she turned to go down Upper Liffey Street, not far away. He had to run in order to catch up with her. Even then she didn't change her pace, forcing him to jog along beside her. So, he said, trying to come up with some charm offensive on the spot. You saw the short horse, did you? What do you want, she said, eyes fixed straight ahead. You made it perfectly clear that you weren't going to take on my case. You said you weren't a pet detective, remember? The fairy detective rolled his eyes. It was too early for this. He could use some magic to make the conversation go a little smoother, but that would only have made her talk until the spell expired. Not tell him the truth or engage in a proper conversation. Making her feet stop working was another option, although there was the problem of momentum then. If her feet suddenly ceased responding to her, then she would topple forwards and hit the street, which would, no doubt, make her even less inclined to have a conversation. Bloody noses and missing teeth tended to annoy people. He decided to try something that had not worked for him in years. What's your name? Filthy Henry asked. She stopped walking and looked at him in confusion. My name? Well, it's Shelley. Well, Shelley, he said, surprised that it had been that simple to get her to stop and talk with him. You caught me at a bad time earlier. The short horse who was in my office rubs me up the wrong way sometimes. Plus, I owe him far too much money. But that will all be sorted by the end of the week, I reckon. Not that you needed to know that last bit, of course. But I figure it might explain why I was being short with you. How about we get a cup of coffee and talk about your cat? Why, Shelley said. You've already made it perfectly clear that cats aren't important. Plus, I don't have as much money as the small gentleman clearly does. Who can afford a solid gold cane like that? Anyway, if that's the class of client you work with, you can forget it. I won't be able to pay you that kind of money. Let's start again, the fairy detective said, flashing a winning smile at her. You only get one chance to make a second impression after all. I'm Filthy Henry, fairy detective. He held out his hand. Shelley looked at it, then back at him. All right then, where are we going for this coffee that you are buying, she said. Her hands kept firmly in her coat pockets. The cafe on Moore Street was pretty busy considering how early it was. There was a steady trail of suit-wearing yuppies coming in for their morning caffeine fix on the way to work. Practically every single one of them had those ridiculous smartphones out, pretending to be hip and check their emails. No doubt they were just updating their social network statuses to inform the world that coffee was being bought. Filthy Henry detested smartphones. His phone could make calls and send text messages. What more would you need from a mobile phone? He collected his drinks order from the pimply-faced youth behind the counter and brought them over to a table by the window where Shelley sat. Placing one of the mugs in front of her, the fairy detective slumped down in the chair opposite. So she had seen Leprechaun. She showed up in his office right after the little green midget had given him a job to do. Somehow, some way... Something about Shelley was connected with the case. Sometimes the forces of magic just work like that, ensuring people were in the wrong place at the right time. All Filthy Henry had to do was get her to talk. So, he said, smiling to ease the tension. You came to me about your missing... Uh, kitten? Cat, Shelley said, taking a sip from her coffee mug. 
not kitten, cat. Okay then, well, cat it is, but why did you come to me? Shelley looked around the coffee shop, as if she was embarrassed. Her gaze fell for a couple of seconds on a nearby empty table, before she shook her head and looked away. She lowered her mug back to the table and stared out the window at some people passing by. Whatever she wanted to say must have been fairly strange, at least to her normal view of the world. If it helps at all, Filthy Henry said, there is a detective-client confidentiality clause, kind of like with a doctor. Whatever gets said between us stays between us. You won't find it on a website in ten seconds' time. He could see her way up what had been said, finally taking a deep breath and relaxing a little. Her name is Kitty Purry, Shelley said, tapping her thumbnail on the coffee mug. That's, uh, original, he said. It must have taken a while to come up with that one. Well, I, I didn't, Shelley said, eyes still focused on the street outside the window. She told me that was her name. The human body is a remarkable thing. It can do things all on its own, without any input from the actual human that owns the body. Filthy Henry often used this to his advantage when working a case. You could tell a person was lying based on the movement of their eyes. A nervous twitch would become more evident the closer you got to the truth. But blushing, blushing was just hilarious to watch. Right then, Shelley was as red in the face as a red man. I'm sorry, Filthy Henry said. Did you just say your cat told you that she was called Kitty Purry? Ah, just forget it, Shelley said, pushing her seat back from the table and taking her coat off the back of the chair. I knew you'd just think I was some crazy cat lady that has no friends. No, not at all. Just sit back down there, will you? She looked at him, one arm in her coat and the other still out. Why? To her, a talking cat was a source of ridicule, something her friends no doubt would mock her about. But people usually just put up lost cat posters when a pet disappeared. A talking cat, though. You would want to find that animal before anybody else did. Whoever found that cat had something that could earn them a sizable amount of money. So you would go and hire a person to find the cat, because the animal was your friend. Now a normal person would consider a talking cat to be some sort of mental problem, easily disregarded as a good reason why better pills should be prescribed to the person having fantastic feline conversations. Yet Shelley did not appear crazy. Plus, she had seen Leprechaun, which meant that there was a much more magical explanation for why her cat apparently spoke to her. Also, for the briefest of moments, she had looked at the two fairy folk seated in the table beside them having coffee, a table that to the non-fairy world should have seemed completely empty. What do you work as? Filthy Henry asked, taking a mouthful of coffee. I'm an artist, Shelley said, still standing up. I do paintings and sculptures. But what does that have to do with Kitty? Creative sort, Filthy Henry thought. With a highly developed imagination, she's probably seen glimpses of the other side forever and not even realised it. Merely painted what she saw after her mind just stored the information for later use. Did you have an imaginary friend when you were younger? Filthy Henry asked. Maybe see people that weren't there when you looked again. Shelley's eyes opened wide as Filthy Henry spoke. She glanced once again at the fairy folk beside them, then slowly took her coat back off and sat down once more. Yes, she said, in little more than a whisper. How did you know? The metaphorical nail had been hit on top of the cranium. I'm going to talk here for a few minutes and you can stop me when things start sounding familiar, okay? All she did was nod.
Excellent, Filthy Henry said, settling back into his chair and folding his arms. You see things that others can't see. Nearly all the time, more so when you were younger, but not for very long. A fleeting glance and then it's gone. They weren't imaginary friends as such, but they would interact with you like they were. Not all of your younger toddler friends saw what you did, but there were a few. As you grew up, your friends started to see these things less and less. But you still could if you really tried. You started drawing from an early age, capturing what you saw on paper. The years continued to roll on by, and you started to see them less and less. But you could still remember them clearly. You worked them into your paintings and sculptures. Sometimes you would be sitting in the middle of a field or a shopping centre, your mind wandering, and you would catch a glimpse of something that wasn't there. Only a glimpse but enough to make you go home and create something new. On very rare occasions, you would find yourself walking down the street and apologising for nearly walking into somebody, even though nobody was in front of you. Any of this sound familiar yet? Shelley stared at him with her mouth wide open. If her chest had not been moving, it would have been hard to tell whether or not she was breathing. But her reaction was all Filthy Henry needed to confirm his theory was right. This woman was one of the rarest sort of people still slightly in touch with her younger self, still able to believe that magic might just exist in the world. Enough so that she acknowledged, even if it was on a deeply subconscious level, that the world as she saw it was not all there was to see. She was able to peep behind the curtain once in a while. She could catch a glimpse of the fairy world. Now, Filthy Henry said, how could I know that, short of reading your journal, which you do not keep because you didn't want to chronicle down these things, just in case people thought you should be locked up. Shelley shook her head slowly from left to right. Her shoulders moved slightly, as if she was trying to shrug, but had forgotten how to. Well, the fairy detective continued, it's because I believe you really did get told by your cat what her name was. Although the twist is that your cat is not a cat as you know it. What is she? Shelley asked, swallowing before she spoke. Filthy Henry pushed his chair back from the table and stood up. He checked around, making sure nothing was left behind, then walked around and stood behind Shelley's chair. Taking hold of the back of it, he slid her out from the table too, then picked up her coat. He held it open so that she could drop her arms into it. I'm going to tell you, he said, but not in here. We don't want to go making a scene. With that, they returned to the street. Shelley had fond memories of Moore Street, going back to when her grandfather was still alive. Every weekend he would come out by bus and collect her from her parents' house, bringing her into the city for a few hours. Without fail, they would always come here to get the fruit and vegetables for the coming week. He always had a list, provided by her grandmother, on what exactly was needed. So instead of just going to the local shop, which was two doors down from his house, Shelley's grandfather would make a 40-minute trip on the bus so that he could shop on Moore Street. As far as he was concerned, this was the place to get the freshest fruits and vegetables of all. You see, everything in a store is covered in chemicals, he would tell Shelley as they strolled down the cobblestone street between the stalls. You don't want to eat chemicals. You want what the chemicals can't give you. Here's the only place you can get that. These people are proper Dublin. They get proper fruit and veg around here. You won't find any of those bloody chemicals. Shelley loved Moore Street because it always brought back those memories of her grandfather and how he had been before he died. You okay? The fairy detective asked. Filthy Henry's question brought her back to the present, 
leaving Memory Lane for another time. They were both standing in the middle of Moore Street, people passing them by. Around them stall owners shouted out various things for sale at fantastic prices. The smell of fruit and vegetables wafted on the breeze. Why are we here? she asked him, watching a young girl buying some apples from a fruit stall nearby. Your cat, Filthy Henry said. I reckon it really did talk to you, although it shouldn't have. It was breaking the rules. But you could never trust the caught sea to follow the rules. They're as bad as actual cats like that. Worse, in fact, because the little feline scoundrels should know better. Kitty Purry was a cat, Shelley said. I don't know what that other thing is you mentioned. A caught sea? I'll explain in a minute, Filthy Henry said, walking over to a fruit stall and picking up two bananas. Good source of potassium, these. He paid for them, peeled one and started eating it. I'm going to show you something now, something that most people never get to see in their adult years. But I reckon it will be easier to show you than most people. Hell, it's the only reason I'm bothering to show you full stop. Filthy Henry finished off the fruit, dropping the skin into a nearby bin, and walked over to Shelley. Now this won't hurt a bit, and can be undone in a minute if you want, but once I do it, you can control it yourself. Follow me? She had no idea what he was talking about and was beginning to wonder why she had even come to him in the first place. An advert in the newspaper suggested that he was the sort of detective she needed. How many people lost talking cats after all? Plus the ad did say that he worked for no mental health institutions, which was a tick in the pro column. Men in white coats generally got called when people spoke about talking cats. Filthy Henry raised both his hands up and lightly touched her temples. What are you doing? Shelley asked. Just relax. It will be bright for a few seconds, he said. Sparks were running around Filthy Henry's hands, little bright blue ones that moved like glowing ants. Each one raced along his skin towards his fingertips. There was a slight tingling sensation at the side of her head. Then Shelley could see nothing but electric blue. Her eyes were still working. She could move them. But everywhere she looked, her vision was enveloped in a blue hue. She felt Filthy Henry take his hands away from her face. The blueness of her vision lasted a second longer before everything returned to normal. What was that? Shelley asked, rubbing her eyes. How did you do that? Magic, Filthy Henry said calmly, is real. It always was and always will be. The only thing is most of the world doesn't know it. Can't get in touch with it. Logic pushes it out of your mind. Makes you see the world like everyone else does. Makes you normal. She shook her head, blinked a few times. Everything seemed just to be as it was before. The thing is, Filthy Henry continued, stepping beside her and taking her gently by the arm, just because you don't believe in magic doesn't mean it stops being real. He guided her down the street, strolling slowly past the stalls. Whatever he had done was not making her feel sick. She felt fine, in fact. All it takes is for someone to help you see things a little better, Filthy Henry said stopping and turning so they faced two stalls, so long as you could see things a little on your own to begin with. Shelley looked at both stalls. There was nothing particularly special about them. One was selling knock-off handbags, quite good replicas it had to be said, and the other had a selection of chocolates on offer. Neither stall owner was looking at the other, both facing opposite ends of the street and shouting out their wares. People were walking past. Some stopped to look. Others ignored them completely. What should I be seeing? Shelley asked, shrugging. 
The fairy detective pointed at the empty space between the two stalls. It was large enough to fit another stall in there easily. In fact, Shelley was wondering why there was such a large open space, unused by some other stall owner. Generally, they fought tooth and nail with each other to try and keep their spot. Shelley looked intently at the empty space. She blinked, and suddenly something happened. It was like watching a mirage form. A wavy image appeared, blurry at first, but rapidly getting sharper and coming into focus. Where once was empty space, there now stood a third stall. This one was not manned by someone who looked like the other stall owners on the street. Instead, this seller was a tall, slender woman with pointed ears. She just sat on her stool, watching the people walk by. Nobody seemed to notice her, or even look at her, but she was the most strikingly beautiful woman that Shelley had ever seen. She's a fairy, Filthy Henry said. I amplified your innate abilities so that it worked fully. Simple spell. Only cost me a banana to cast as well. It's a bargain, really. The pointy-eared woman cast a glance at Shelley, head tilted to the side. See something you like, dear, the pointy-eared woman asked, waving a slender hand over the objects she had for sale. Don't bother, Filthy Henry said to the pointy-eared woman, grabbing Shelley by the arm and leading her away. We're just browsing. He dragged Shelley back down Moore Street towards Henry Street. But this was not the same Moore Street they had just walked down only a moment before. All around them new stalls had appeared, each one selling something strange and different compared to the others that had been there before. Spaces that were once empty now were occupied, ignored by the other stall owners. Even the shoppers had increased in both number and variety. There were still the normal people that had been there before, but now there were others. Tall and thin, short and strangely dressed, small people with wings or coloured all in red. It was like a fairy tale reunion was happening right in the middle of Dublin, but nobody seemed to care. Nobody even seemed to notice the strange creatures all around them, as if they were all invisible. Back on Henry Street, the fairy detective let go of her arm. Shelley looked around her as more of the magical beings just strolled on past, the other shoppers oblivious entirely. What did I just see? she asked, slightly panicked. You saw Leprechaun earlier, Filthy Henry said. That sort of means you've seen things all your life. Only you kept it to yourself and passed it off as fantasy. But you're an artist, which means that you're more in tune to the impossible than most people. All I did was boost how you see the world. It's easier to do if you can sort of do it already anyway. I can do it with most people, but they would only have the ability for an hour or so. Plus, since you already told me you had seen Leprechaun, I'm not technically breaking the rules by allowing you to see the fairy world. More like bending them. Shelley stared at Filthy Henry. He had a strange blue glow coming off him, outlining his entire body like little flames. It had definitely not been there before. All around her the world had changed, literally in the blink of an eye. Fairies flew by on tiny wings. A group of leprechauns walked past sipping coffee. Exotic shopfronts now existed where no shops had been before. Is it permanent? she asked. Filthy Henry shook his head. No, like I said, I can undo it if you want. Or you can just make it turn on and off at will. Whichever. But if you don't want me to get rid of it, you will be able to use this new site whenever you want. She thought about it. It was weird, but in a wonderful way. It would be a shame to get rid of it, rather than try to control it. At least without trying first. 
You can really take it back. This isn't some sort of trick, is it? You didn't spike my coffee, did you? I can really take it back, Filthy Henry said. No, it isn't a trick, and trust me, I don't need to spike a person's drink. I have much better ways of altering a person's mind to make them do what I want. Shelley sighed and closed her eyes. She took a deep breath and focused her thoughts away from anything to do with magic, thinking back to how she had previously seen the world. When she opened her eyes again, the blue outline had gone from Filthy Henry, and the street was only half as busy as before. No fairy folk were in sight. Everything had returned back to normal, at least what had once passed for normal. A swan came flying down Henry Street, swooping over their heads. It banked left, circled lower, and landed ungracefully on the ground. Folding its enormous wings, the bird shuddered all over, then waddled up to Shelley and Filthy Henry. The fairy detective looked down at the swan and groaned. Why couldn't they have sent someone else? The swan honked a couple of times at him. Fine, fine, Filthy Henry said, but it wasn't my idea. You know you can't drink and glide. Another honk from the swan and the bird took to the skies once more, flying away from them and up and over the buildings. Some people on the street ducked as the bird flew over their heads. Tell him I'm on my way, Filthy Henry shouted after the bird. What the hell was that? You can talk to animals as well, Shelley asked, watching the swan fly away. No, I I can't talk with animals. That would just be stupid, Filthy Henry said. Well then, what was that? Was I just losing my mind? You've done something to my brain with your little magic trick, haven't you? The fairy detective smiled at her. Well, for starters, it wasn't a swan. It was a leerling. If you'd been using your newly acquired fairy vision, you would have seen a glow coming from him and even heard him speaking. But I can explain more of that on the way. That's assuming, of course, that you still want to hire me to find your talking cat. Without waiting for any more of the conversation to develop, Filthy Henry started walking away from her. Shelley stood in the middle of the street, very confused. This was not how she imagined her day would go. All she had wanted to do was hire somebody to find her cat, and now it was as if she was a character in some urban fantasy novel. A fantasy novel where the main source of information was an annoying twat that had just walked away. Hang on, she said, following Filthy Henry down the street. What the hell is a leerling? Filthy Henry, the Fairy Detective is a novel by Derek Power. Other Filthy Henry novels are currently available to buy on Amazon Kindle. This audiobook version was narrated by Niall Milton. <laughs>